Welcome to the Sports Development Authority podcast. I'm Stacey Wells, current sports facility manager with experience in all facets of sports. From team mom, coach, starting a club, running a facility, to overseeing construction of the one I manage now. I help individuals and organizations create a plan, design, construct, and manage their sports dreams. This podcast will give you a few of the tips and tricks I've learned along the way. So last week, I talked about the first part of this three-part series, the recreational side of youth sports programs. The recreational side is so important for the beginning development of the player. It's a great way for the player to really get an introduction to the sport at a low cost to see if if that's an activity they want to continue playing. The next one is probably the most important, but also the most overlooked. Most of the municipalities that I have seen do not even offer this part, and those that do are reaping the benefits by the way of growth in the community and their facilities. This level is so much fun, and in reality, my absolute favorite. It's the intermediate division. Why do we need this? As the recreational player has been involved with a program for a few years, they often start maxing out. That's on the skill set that they're able to get from the volunteer coaches on the recreational side. This next program will help meet the next level that they're ready to go to. According to several studies, there are over 60 million kids in the U.S. playing sports from the ages of 6 to 18. And we know that youth sports generates billions in tourism dollars, and families are paying out even more billions to have their player continue to play the sports they love. But according to Global Sports Matters, 43% of American students in high school no longer participate on a team for their school or their community. This percentage hits those that are late bloomers, kids with disabilities, families that cannot afford the season travel fees, or they don't have the time to travel for sports. We have to do better. Our communities have to offer a way for the youth to still be a part of something bigger than them a way to be able to socialize and be involved in activities. Because according to Better Health, being involved in a physical activity reduces the risk of diabetes and cardiovascular diseases, but it also boosts mood, energy levels, concentration, and confidence levels. In addition, a team sports gives the opportunity to learn so many life skills that they'll be able to take with them long after they're playing. Celia Anderson, who I interviewed in episode three, talked about how sports help her learn how to deal with adversities, learning how to be a part of a team, and so many more life skills. Developing a program that helps offer those recreational players a next step will only help your program, your community, and the youth and their futures. But how do we do this? The intermediate level has to be able to offer a better way to offer skill sets but also a way to keep teams together so that those players learn how to learn camaraderie within a team and how that benefits them. Learning that you can depend on others when it comes down to the line will only help them in work setting when they become adults and how to work with the talents that each person possesses. We all have strengths and weaknesses and being able to learn how to use those in a team setting is crucial for success. The intermediate level has to be able to offer the team registrations, but still offer the individual participants an opportunity to play at a higher level. So in addition to this being different from the recreational division, 
this division and whoever schedules this and works directly with it has to be able to manage the schedules and work with teams to coordinate availability based on the team needs. This director has to be able to structure a basic method for schedules, but also be able to give some wiggle room. For example, let's say that the Tigers are a fifth grade team and you've set the structure for the fifth grade in the intermediate division to play on Thursdays and Fridays. Based on this information, the Tigers also play a different sport on Fridays, so they have sent in a request to only play on Thursdays. That's fine. You have to be able to work with that. Or let's say in the same division, I have a team that wants to play, but they travel 45 minutes one way, so they'd like to play two games a night, and they prefer Fridays due to the travel time. It's important to be able to manipulate the schedules and work with all the teams to make sure we're allowing our community youth to continue to play and be active. Not all players will come as a team, so we still have to be able to provide the opportunity for those individuals, like I've said. But how can we do this without depending on volunteer parents who might not have the skill set to take these kids to the next level? There are several different ways that this can be done, but I'm going to go over two of them. The first way, often areas have programs called club teams or programs. These are actually the third part of this series, so we'll go in depth on them next week. But for now, just know that these programs usually run five to eight months of the year. Coaches are usually skilled to help players reach a higher potential. Many times these coaches do what they do and love coaching. And since coaching isn't always the highest paying career choice, they look for additional avenues to help financially support themselves. Reaching out to a variety of club coaches from different programs through the area will help make sure that your individual intermediate program doesn't just become a feeder program for one club. Setting the groundwork early on to make sure that recruiting doesn't happen will help make sure that your program always stays consistent with its purpose of providing a positive way for kids to stay involved in their sport. Since these coaches are more skilled and can provide more training than most volunteer coaches can, it will be important to pay these coaches. That structure can look different, but it will require the player to pay a higher individual fee to make sure that the division is still covering the costs associated with it. But the costs are still significantly lower than what a club team might pay, and it's at an affordable rate to keep the involvement high. So these programs do not require travel, and they're still played locally. So grandparents and family members can often still come and watch them play. Another way to source skilled coaches is through a local university. Often the players for the university sports find it difficult to have a job while playing for the school, since the sport is often considered their job for their time in school. Working with the university coaches to provide a paycheck to the university player to help coach or provide funding to the university program at the end of the season can help provide opportunities for the youth to get quality coaching while also helping out the local university's players. The structure can fit to work with everyone involved and make sure it's a win-win. An important note, the individual registration for this division is not meant to act as a club program. It is to provide an opportunity for those that are still wanting to play to be able to play their sport and or increase their skill set to open additional opportunities for them to play at a higher level if they choose to. These individuals that are registered will be placed on teams. 
that they will play the teams that registered as a team. Sometimes the individual players will get recruited by organized teams that came in and they're playing against them. That's when you know you're doing something right. Many times you'll want to have teams where kids play on a club team that want to also play with their school friends. So they'll play in a division like this so they can play locally with friends and still have fun playing their sport. I've also found that some of the younger club teams might use this division as a way that they can play without families having to travel every single weekend to a tournament on the club level. This division offers so many opportunities for individual players, area teams, additional financial resources for coaches, and the program as well as keeping the base of players building on from a recreational division that we discussed in the first part of the series. So you can see how important this division can be for a community, but can also be overwhelming to get started. I can help you find a way to get this set up and what would work best for your community in the area that you live in. Next week, we will talk about the third part of this three-part series, and I will put them all together to show how this can benefit your community from a growth standpoint, as well as getting bigger events to your area and bringing sports tourism dollars in. So be sure to tune in. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. If so, please make sure to leave a review. If your community is in need to create or expand their sports and event facilities or organizations, please do not hesitate to reach out to me so we can continue to build and develop our communities, economies, and most important, our youth. With me on LinkedIn and Linktree at Stacy D. Wells. Thank you for joining me on Sports Development Authority.